Watch the Game is brought to you by Milk is Weird. You can find everything on milkisweird.com. We got a new article up, NBA Playoff X-Factors. It's written by Tyler Rourke. If you're a fan of the NBA, excited for these playoffs, then you should definitely go read it. Coming up on this podcast, weekly sports bets, Derek White, Rob Williams, why basketball and soccer should be more like hockey, and random songs you should go listen to. All right, back here, watch the game. We got a few good segments for you today, but we're going to start with our weekly betting segment. First of all, Adam Doucette, Henry Finch, Chris Robert. How you boys doing on this beautiful Patriots day? Laugh at Chris's face. He hates Patriots Day. It's not even. It's a fake holiday made up for for chumps that live in the New England era, era wow era. You know what? Let me just shut the fuck up, <laughs> Chris. It is. You're right, Chris. It is the New England era. You're living through it, boy. Well, not anymore. Maybe in the early 2010s it was. I don't well, know. You seen the Celtics and Bruins? Ah, fuck them. It can't be a New England era if the Patriots suck and the Patriots suck. And how can it be Patriots Day if the Patriots suck? They better call it Bruins Day. I think that actually that makes sense. Let's change it to Bruins Day. Patriots Day to me, to me, Uh is a top three holiday. Come on. Come on. (laughs) You know what? I take that back. Top four. No, no, no. Now now you have to list them. Yeah. Okay. Thanksgiving, number one. I'm going to put Christmas at number two. Fourth of July at number three, and Patriots Day at number four. You're in America, huh? Yes, sir. Me, me, and Adam disagreed. This will be a segment for another day. We vividly disagree on what which should be eaten on Thanksgiving Day. Yes, we do. We had a spirited debate about that in the past. We should do <laughs> that one of these episodes, though. Maybe wait for Thanksgiving or as yeah, it gets closer. Yeah. But that is always a fun debate. Yep. Okay, but Chris, it, do we are we at least in agreement on top three? Fourth of July, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I, I, Fourth of July. Mm. Like, what else could you even put in there? Like Halloween. All right, at least it personally no, but that at I, least is that's like a fair. Point. I don't dress up, but I feel like Halloween is fun just because I see people dress up yeah, and I see yeah. like everyone going out for candy and like you know I I like seeing it. I personally don't dress up, but I like the the vibe around Halloween. Yeah, so I'll put that what over I, July Fourth. July Fourth is like whatever. No, I disagree. It's whatever. What do you do? What do you do? Barbecue? You, dis- you can barbecue every other day. Yeah, but it's not the same. It's it's not even the it, like the barbecue. It's just about, I don't know. There used to be like this giant carnival in Wilmington where I'm from in Mass. And uh, we would go down there, spend all day, town common. Everybody's out there. Whether you kind of do the rides or not, there's like live music and there's fireworks and there's a cornhole tournament. Or a lot of my family goes up to New Hampshire and hangs by the lake and chills out. And I don't know. It's just like a fun, easygoing, relaxing holiday where you just like spend time with people. I don't like people. So maybe that's how I don't like July 4th. (laughs) That might be. Might be it. Um, Okay. We're going to do our betting segment. So weekly update. Week one, two weeks ago, all three of us lost our bets. $100 each down the toilet. What are we on a month? Negative 300? Uh, you speak for yourself, Chris. <laughs> I'm negative Damn. 300 on the month. No, you're negative 200. This is week three. Okay, so, so me and Henry did. Chris, you lost again last week, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> me and Henry actually won our Chicago bet. Sir. So what, what did we make, Henry? 
125? What was the well, odds on that? I can't, I, it was one, I was going to say 145, but I can't remember okay. now. Yeah. I wrote it down, so okay, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you in a sec. Um, Chris, I want you to go first for your update, your week three bet. What do you got? My week three bet is New York Knicks money line against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Knicks are plus 170, so apparently they're underdogs again. Um, going into game two, despite winning game one, I'm assuming it's because they're away and they're expecting the Cavs to bounce back. I don't know. But if I bet whatever I get, 170, and the Cavaliers are negative 200 favorites. Hmm. I, can I just say it? I, I don't like that bet. Well, of course you don't. <laughs> well, I, I just think Cleveland is is better than the Knicks and they won like like it did not go well for Cleveland in game one the Knicks exposed all of their weaknesses and it was still like coin toss game you know what I mean so and, and I think Cle- Cleveland's not going to go down 2-0 at home you don't it's know. just not going to happen you don't know it's that not happen. not going to happen you don't know that all right Chris is 0-3 Henry what do you got <laughs> please don't make it the same as mine again it I I hope it's not I don't think it is based on our previous conversations <laughs> be- I really don't think it is uh okay. my bet is tonight's game I'm taking the Sacramento Kings plus one ten. Wow, I, I that's think, a doozy. Yep, I just do not. I, I I just don't like the Warriors, especially away. I think the Warriors will make it a good series, but not they're not beating the Kings at home. This week's bet I have the Minnesota Wild money line against Dallas Stars. It's plus one twenty five. I think Minnesota and Dallas are kind of close. I don't think I know you two aren't really hockey guys, but plus one twenty five. I'll take the one hundred twenty five bucks. I think that game's kind of a toss up. Mm-hmm. Can I can I say something? Of course. I think the NHL out of all the American sports, some of their team names have to be the worst I've ever heard. <laughs> you don't like the Wild? No. I like the Wild it- more than the Stars. Yeah, yeah that but both like a suck. Grade team, like, like both suck. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I don't. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't. I do, and I think we should make that a segment for a future podcast. Yeah. Worst, best, and worst team names. Yeah. In each league, and then we make a list. And like we a, should do a, jerseys. A legalist list. And jerseys. Yes. Ooh, I like that. I like that too. That's good. Chris, stuff. I just got one thing to say to you. What? It's the Seattle Kraken, baby. Like, That's come good. on. It's good. Come on. Yeah, I'm whatever. I'm gonna leave it. It's just, it's not iconic. Is is the way like there's like teams where you like NHL, the Bruins, iconic Rangers, iconic Oilers, iconic. Then it's the fucking Kraken, and it's just like the yeah, drop off name. from like the drop off from like elite name to like non elite name is so steep. To me, at least, like if you look at baseball, it's Red Sox, elite Yankees, elite. And if you look at a team that sucks, athletics, but athletics have a lot of history. The Nationals are probably the worst. The Tigers have a lot of history, and those are probably the worst names. All right. To be fair, though, like it's it's a lot of this is just about what we're used to and what yeah. teams have a lot of history and a lot of winning and are really old. Like if you really think about it, I, I'm a big Boston fan. You know that. The Red Sox. Like, is that really a good name? The Red Sox. No, I don't think so. You're right. Probably not. 
It's now it's just iconic. It's now worse than the Phillies. That is like no, the equal, laziest name ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah. The athletics are pretty lazy too. Facts. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna do a segment on NBA. We'll be right back. All right, back here, watch the game, segment number two. We got some NBA for you. Playoffs just starting up. I wanted to just quickly go over some NBA injury updates because there's been a few of them, and it's not good. I feel like with the NBA, this season at least, we just can't have nice things. Like these guys are just getting hurt. The star players are getting hurt, and it's kind of frustrating. Even as a Celtics fan, uh, you know, a team that's been relatively healthy, you don't want to see other team's stars go down. So quick update, Paul George reportedly out for the entire first round. That sucks because that series had a chance. I mean, it still has a chance. Clippers won the first game, but had a chance to be really, really good. And I chose Phoenix. I thought weeks ago that Phoenix was the best bet, um, you know, odds-wise to win the NBA title. So I think they're better than the Clippers, and I don't love the Clippers as a team. But if you caught any of that Clippers-Suns game the other night, the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard played really well. Like Kawhi was good in that game. And if they had Paul George to take a little bit of the scoring load off, that would be a really fun series. So it does suck that he's not going to be Kawhi Kula Jordan. <laughs> Honestly, hitting those mid-range shots and pulling up, he's got that three-pointer. He's good. He's really good. Um, injury update number two, Giannis. Apparently it's a back contusion, fell on his back. We don't know if he's going to play for game two. Um, as a Celtics fan... Obviously, if he's not there, it makes it a lot easier for the Celtics. But there's just something about, like, you don't want to have the other team's star go down, and that's why you beat them. Like, I would rather just play them full strength and have what happens happens and not have an asterisk next to a title. Oh, yeah, but that was the year that Giannis, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So hopefully Giannis is fine. I don't think it's anything too serious. They said back contusion, which makes me think it's okay. Um but hopefully he gets back sooner, than, sooner rather than later. Number three, Ja Morant hurt his hand. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. I think he already had injured that hand, and then he used it to brace himself on a fall. So we don't know his status for game two, whether he'll play or not. And then the last one is Tyler Hero from Miami. He broke his hand, so barring something crazy. They said four to six weeks, but Miami's not going to be here in four to six weeks. So barring something crazy, he's done for the season. So I don't know thoughts on that it kind of sucks that these guys all got hurt so soon when i watched i i I didn't see either the Giannis or jaw injury live but watching the replay the the Giannis one did not look as bad as i thought like he fell hard but he got up and took the free throws after like i think he's back before the end of the series against miami yeah. Jaw, like that man's fingers were bent to the back of his head. And that looked nasty. Yeah. Yeah. It just sucks. You want to see teams at full strength. And these playoffs, especially in the West, I, I've said it before, but I think the, the West NBA playoffs this year, first round, are the best that I've, you know, in recent memory, parody wise. I think all these series are competitive, maybe minus Denver and Minnesota. Um, but Golden State series, the Lakers Memphis series. I mean, all of the the Clippers Suns obviously are really good series. So it, it sucks that, you know, some of these guys are getting hurt. Um, all right. I want to do a quick Celtics minute just to to get this off my chest because I, I do have a take about the Celtics. 
they kicked the Hawks' ass in game one, as expected. They should sweep them. They really should sweep them. My first thought is just a, a brief thought about Trey Young, who is an elite offensive player because he's an elite creator. He can hit crazy shots. He can hit deep shots. He can make shots for himself. He's a really good passer. Just offensively, he's a great creator. So he's elite on one end of the ball. On defense, he's just too much of a liability. Like these Celtics are just hunting Trey Young. They have, I mean, they they had Trey Young on Derek White for a good bit of that game, and he just couldn't handle him. Like, but I, I, it's true. He's uh, probably one of the biggest liabilities when it comes to the guard position, especially given how we label him as a star. Um, but it, uh, this has been his mo since before he got drafted. Like I, I, I look at it and it's like you're right, but it's like I, I've been seeing this since since he was playing in college, and it's kind of like I'm, I'm used to it already. Like, we know he's going to give you 25, 30, 35, sometimes even give you 40. But you know he's that whoever he's guarding, if he's good or he's on, he's going to give him another 25, 30. That's just – yeah. I'm just used to it. Maybe I'm too numb to it that I don't, like, put any emphasis on it, but it's like this is this is him. And the, the Hawks yeah. knew that when they drafted him. Then the Hawks knew that when they paid him. Like, this is just him. Yeah, I agree. No, it's, it's the nature of the beast. But even if it's him, I like I wouldn't want him on my team. You know, there are few players who are that much of a liability who I'm willing to excuse. You know, like Steph Curry is not a great defender, but he's Steph Curry and he's the elite of the elite. Trey Young, I don't I would rather take 20 points a game and above average defense than subpar subpar defense and 30 points a game. I, yeah, the only thing I would say about that is I think Steph Curry is a lot better of yes, a defender than people, a lot of people think he is. Yes, he is. He's a he's a plus defender. Yeah, he is. Like he's an above average defender. I agree. You might not think of it like that, just like looking at him, but if you really watch some of these games, like he more than holds his own. He has good instincts, which is something that Trey Young does not have. And I yeah, would well, say Curry's wingspan is a little bit bigger than Trey Young's wingspan, and which is why I'm. I feel like I'm used to it is because I feel like not counting just mechanics of like playing defense, he's weaker than probably anyone he's going to match up against in terms of weight and strength. He's probably shorter than anyone he's going to match up against in terms of just height. And it's just like, and then wingspan, his wingspan is probably shorter than whoever he's guarding. So if you put all three of those things together, what are the odds? Even though he, he say he has perfect defensive mechanics. I just don't think he'll be a good defender. Because his body, I feel like, it just doesn't match up well. Yeah, Trey Young is is smaller than Steph Curry, and he gives less effort than Steph yeah, Curry defensively. Like yeah. Steph Curry gives a is, gives a good defensive effort. I, I honestly think Steph Curry is probably one of the most in shape cardiovascularly athletes that I've ever seen. Like the amount of running that this guy does, like start and stop sprinting all the time on offense, and then to still give that much of an effort on defense is like thoroughly impressive. Um, take number two for me for the Celtics, also pertaining to Derek White. Just straight up, Derek White is like my new favorite player. <laughs> I fucking love Derek White. Yeah. Derek White's my guy. Obviously, like Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year on the perimeter at the point guard position. They add Malcolm Brogdon, who's a good defender. They have Peyton Pritchard, who's a good defender. But to add Derek White, who is not only a really good defender at the point guard spot, but is just has a new level of confidence this year. 
he's always been a likable, good, solid, all-around player. But when he came in last year, I thought his confidence kind of ebbed and flowed. And there would be games where he was on. And there would be games where it looked like he was a little bit hesitant to shoot if he didn't start really well. And this year, there's none of that. Like, he's just, he's shooting it. He's confident. It's going in. The end. Like, he's, what did he have? He, he had 20-something. 20 25. That, at first, yeah, in that first Atlanta game. He was great. I love Derek White, man. What a beast. good trade by Brad. Yes. I, I was going to say that too, Chris. That's a good point. That could be one of, that. that's like a championship. If they win the championship, that's just like a championship winning trade by Brad Stevens in his first year as GM. Yeah. It's yeah. a good point. Um, third take for me, Celtics wise, is I think Rob Williams. We, so we have a new article up on milkisweird.com. Please go check it out. Um, it's about NBA playoff X factors. And so each team, we went through each team. It's written by Tyler Rourke, new writer. Um, NBA playoff X factors for each team. So like what one player on each team is the biggest, can make the biggest difference, positive or negative for each playoff team. And for the Celtics, it was Rob Williams. And I'll, I'll even, and he agreed it was Rob Williams, but I would even take it a step farther than that and say that Rob Williams is the biggest NBA playoff X factor in the entire playoffs this year. Because I think the Celtics with Rob Williams, if he can stay healthy, can reach a level of basketball that no other team can this year. I think they're better than the Bucs. I think they're better than the Warriors at full strength. I think they're better than Denver, better than Phoenix with KD, better than Philly with Embiid playing out of his mind. I think the Celtics can just straight up reach a level that nobody else can reach, but that all depends on if Williams can stay healthy. Because if they're healthy, I was looking through their roster and I was watching some game film and they can shoot it better than anyone else, right? They have Tatum, Brown, Grant Williams, Al Horford, who's been unreal from three this year, Derek White, Brogdon, and Sam Hauser. You would look at every single one of those players and be like, yo, that guy can shoot it. And then defensively, they can defend better than anyone else with Smart, White, Brogdon, Pritchard at the guard spot, with Tatum, Brown, and Grant Williams at the forward, and Horford and Rob Williams at the big slot. That is a better defensive team at their ceiling than anyone else has. But it all depends on if Williams is healthy. Because if he's not healthy, they just don't have the size. They just have Horford, who really should be more of a four. If you're going to put him at the starting lineup and have Rob Williams in there, Horford's out of the three-point line guarding the four. And Williams is the defensive presence at the rim. So if they have Rob Williams in there, I just straight up think nobody else can get to their level. I agree. But I still haven't seen enough proof that makes me think that Williams will be able to stay healthy the entire playoffs. I think he can just because it's such a, it's such a short period of time. Like just give me a month and a half, Rob. Just yeah. give me a month and a half. What I worry and, and the Celtic staff is smart and I know that they're smart. What I worry is that cause he played, he only played what 15 minutes in the last game. Which is yeah, he didn't even start. Which I I think is good. I I think he shouldn't be playing too many games. But I worry in the next series against you know if they play Philly or whatever that there he's going to be used too much too quickly. That's my worry. Yeah, yeah. It's fair. You got to manage him. He's one yeah. of those guys. You just you, it's just I, nature of the beast. You just got to manage. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. But if I'm in the playoffs and and 
it's a month and a half, and then after that, you're in the offseason for I don't even know how many months, six months. Fuck managing him. Let's go. Let's like I'm I'm gonna just full send if if it if I need you to play 30 minutes a game, I'm gonna need you to play 30 minutes. If there's a game where we go OT that your minutes are pushing 38, 40, I'm gonna need you to give me those 38 and 40. Like if 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 your knees barking at you, your shoulders barking at you, your wrist is barking at you, I'm pretty sure Rob himself would say, I wanna play. And I want to be there. And I would want him to be there. Cause it's like, all right, you tweak it and it hurts and like the playoffs are done. You have six months to recover. It's not like the beginning of the season, or the middle of the season, where if he gets hurt, this can impact your ability to get to the playoffs and make an impact in the playoffs. You're here. The point of staying healthy is for now. That's why people reserve him and there's minutes restrictions is for now. I agree, but to an extent. I think with someone like Rob, who is so fragile, I guess, it's you got to be even more cognizant of like, how deep into the playoffs you are. Because yeah, I think if you're playing Philly, I think the Celtics can beat Philly with Rob playing 10 minutes or with Rob playing 30 minutes. It's a difference of if they're beating them by 5 to 10 or if they're beating them by 20. And I worry that they're going to push him too hard in games where they don't need to. And then when it if they get to the finals or get to, you know, if, if it's seven games against Milwaukee, that's when it's going to come back to bite him in the ass. Are y'all that low on Philly? Uh, I I I feel uh, like yes. that that's I feel like Philly's gonna give them a much much tougher matchup than people were expecting them. I don't think they're good enough all around. I think the Celtics are gonna win, but my prediction from the last pod was Celtics in seven, and I think the the Philly the Philly can push them to seven. All right, we'll see. Henry's shaking his head. I, I think Celtics in six. Do you think it's less? I think it's Celtics in five. Mm. I think yeah, they're too us. good defensively. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it depends on, you know, Embiid's going to sort of get his, mm-hmm. and it depends. And we saw it. Did you see Philly game one, Henry? Yeah. Brooklyn was bringing two all the time. <laughs> but then, like, Embiid is good enough where he can kick it out, yep. and Philly hit, like, the most threes they've hit all season. Um, so if they can, do, if those guys can hit those shots then you can't bring two to Embiid or you're going to get killed from three, yep. which happened in game one. Um, if those guys don't hit those shots, then I don't know. Harden was good. I think he had like 24 and 13. Yeah. I don't know if it's that exactly. I'm just, that's just off the top. Um, but he, he was good and he was good from three. I think he hit like seven threes. So that was great. But get it inside the paint. He wasn't that good. He got blocked a couple of times. He, he wasn't really getting to the rim that great. Um, so I don't know. I there's some injury concerns always with Harden, yep. and in the playoffs, I think that's like a thing with Harden. Can he do it in the playoffs when the defense clamps down? So I don't know. I'm gonna stick with Celtics and six. Chris says Celtics and seven. Henry's knows Philly better than we do, and he says Celtics and five. Um, we shall see. I hope it's Celtics Philly. I really do because yeah. if if it's Brooklyn or Atlanta, like something went horribly wrong. Yes. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break and be right back. All right, back here. Watch the game. Segment number three. We we didn't plan this, all right? But Henry just said, you know, off the record, but we're going to put it on the record now. He, he goes, you know, this is not related to the pod, but I got to tell you guys what just happened. So, Henry, I, I feel like it's too crazy of a story not. To, I mean, it's not like insane, but it's just like it's just a dumb story. And I feel like it's worth it. Worth yeah. the tell. 
Yeah, so I was so for those of you who don't know, I uh, I work at a college, um, and I, I work with like the students. And I was walking down the hallway, and one of the students he goes, "Yo, Henry, you got any water?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I'm out of water. Do you have any water?" And I was like, "What?" And and some of these kids don't like drinking out of the sink water, and I'm like, "I don't get it." But I'm like, "Whatever, you know, we got the big water coolers like down the lobbies." And I said, "Oh, is the thing downstairs empty?" And he goes, he looks at me down the Uh, And he goes, nah, I don't drink purified water. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, no, I only drink bottled water. And I go, (laughs) no, I don't have any bottled water. Sorry. And just walked away. And I just couldn't believe what I heard. I don't like that that kid. (laughs) Yeah. This is why we can't have nice things. This is Mm -hmm. why the earth is going to be ruined. Because we are convinced, not we, but some of us are convinced that the only water we can drink comes out of a plastic bottle. <laughs> Amen. Uh-huh. Wild. All right. You, as my, my uncle, you know what my uncle would say? He would say, these kids today. Amen. <laughs> that's, hey, his, that's his favorite. Uh, if they want to drink bottled water, that's fine. The only thing I can tell the kids, our young listeners, is if your friends or someone ever offers you alcohol and alcohol is in a plastic bottle, you probably shouldn't be drinking it. That's true. That's good advice, Chris. Down the plastic. Thank you. All right, segment number three that is planned is rule changes in sports that need to happen. I have a take. I have a take and a half. Maybe call it two takes about rules that basketball and soccer leagues should adopt from the NHL, from hockey. But Henry had a take about charge slash block rule changes that may or may not need to happen. And I want to give you the floor first. Yeah, so... So to be honest, this isn't my take necessarily. It's just stuff that I was reading on Twitter and was going back to Adam when you were talking about before with the all the injuries, like a weird number of injuries in the playoffs the past weekend. Um, and two similar-ish ones with the Giannis and Jaw injuries, where they both got injured when they were driving and they had a defender try and take a charge, and that kind of got like flipped over the defender, right? So there's a lot of stuff on Twitter saying, you know. Oh, those were like borderline dirty plays by the defenders sliding in, trying to take that charge. That's dangerous. Um, people say, and, and there were a lot of people calling for a rule change for people for there to be whatever the rule is, basically making it illegal for defenders to slide in at a certain point or whatever, so that they can't undercut the a player who's driving. And I understand that to an extent. But I think it's kind of ridiculous because that's what like taking a charge is putting your body on the line, standing in front of the person, the player driving and taking that charge. And the player driving should is expecting this to happen. They're expecting to have to go through the defender. Right. And so I'm not saying it's Giannis and Jaws fault, but like John Morant is known for jumping from 10 feet away from the rim, trying to fly over the defenders and he jumps crazy high and he flips over and he falls hard. So I don't put the blame on the defender for these injuries. I don't really put the blame on anyone. I think it's physical basketball and it's something that unfortunate that has happened. But I don't really know what a rule change would do besides just kind of make it harder to defend a layup or a dunk. Yeah, I don't know if that calls for a rule change. I don't think it does either. Like, I don't like... I guess what they mean is that, like, if you already see that the the guy's already about to dunk the ball, why are you sliding under him? 
Like you should just if if he's already in the air and you already know he's gonna dunk the ball, if you're not gonna jump up to contest it, there's no reason to slide under him and try to take a charge. Right. I, that's the only like difference I see. Because say some say Jazz coming right, he's jumping up and you and Rob Williams jumps up to block him. I feel like and then they call a foul on whatever. Cool, that's fine. But if Rob Williams undercuts him, then sticks his shoulder in his head right under where John Moran is trying to dunk the ball when he's already in the air, then I feel like it's kind of like, I don't want to say an asshole play, but it's kind of like, all right, was it necessary? Because it's not a defensive play because he's already in the air about to score. Right. It actually reminds me of something that we talked about in a law and economics class. I love economics. In a past semester. Talk to me, Adam. It. I, I think it was called last clear chance, right? And, and the law and economics concept was like, whoever has the last clear chance, it was about liability. Like who, like what would be the most efficient law, like for who should have liability. And it just reminds me of that because it's like, it's like a car accident, right? Like if, if a car is going 80 down the street, car shouldn't be going 80 down the street if it's a, a 40 mile per hour zone, but also don't walk in front of it if you see it's coming 80 miles per hour down the street or that's going to cause more accidents. If it's like, oh, it's always on the 80 mile per hour idiot driver. So people are like jumping in front of them to try to like get crushed and then like like get a lawsuit and get money out of it. Then that's like a dumb rule. So like last clear chance in this case would be like, all right, if the guy's in the air and you're sliding underneath to try to, to draw a charge, that's dumb. And somebody's going to get hurt. The guy's yeah. going to flip over you. Yeah. But if you're the offensive player and you have the ball and there's a guy there, don't try to jump and get flipped over him. Like go around him. This is basketball. So, but, but that's what the rule is. Like that, that, that doesn't call for a rule change. That's like play the game, how it's been played. I, I have a take on the charge versus block, which is kind of similar to this. And like, I feel like the the discrepancy is so wishwashy, and I me too. And I feel I know it's hard being an NBA referee is hard. Like trying to make that call in that split second, it's difficult. But the way it's just like charges are so dependent on how it appears or how the player makes it seem. Because like, say if we want to get like scientific, say Adam is is posting up Henry with two hundred thousand whatever watts of force or what the fuck you want to call it. It's scientifically the level of force is 200,000, whatever. And then Henry doesn't fall. They're not going to call a charge. But if Adam goes in the next play, 200,000 things, units of force on the, on the post up and Henry falls, they'll call the charge. There's no difference. It's just if he fell or not, which is like, so true. So it's like, is say David West is getting posted up against David West in his prime is not falling to anyone, but you telling me if Shaq is putting five hundred pounds of force into him, that's not a charge. But if David West was to fall, they'll call the charge. Like it's just mm-hmm. like it's stupid. I don't know. I don't like it. It, it. It's such a good segue into my next point too, because one of the rules is about flopping, diving, embellishing, whatever you want to call it. And so my next take is about. NBA, it's called embellishment in in hockey, so that's why I said that. Um, I think there are two rules that the NHL currently has that should be adopted by, one, the NBA, and two, every level of soccer everywhere. I don't care what league. (laughs) It needs to be fixed in soccer, all right? And I'm not a huge soccer fan. I watch a little bit of soccer. I have a roommate who's a big soccer fan. 
and I, I think he hates my take, but I, <laughs> I feel so strongly about this. Number one, in the NHL, if you flop, dive, embellish, whatever you want to call it, it's a penalty. In the NBA, if you flop, it's usually just nothing. Yep. And like Chris was saying, sometimes you need to fall to get the call. A lot of the times you need to, fall. they're not going to call a charge unless the guy falls usually. Mm-hmm. So guys fall. That's the rule. So I don't blame guys for doing it, but that's an interesting rule that Chris brought up that could be changed. Um, not even, I mean, it's not a rule that you have to fall. It's just how the refs call it. Anyway, the point is, if you flop, if you flop in the NBA, it's usually just nothing. Like you'll get a call either way, but you don't get called for flopping. In soccer, if you flop, then you feel obligated to roll around on the ground for two minutes, <laughs> faking a legitimate injury like you're dead until one of two things happens. One, they bring out the medical team, they give you a nice glass of water, and then you realize, like, okay, you don't need a medical team out here. That's that's option number one. Option number two is that you roll around on the ground faking an injury for two minutes, and then you look up and you're like, oh, I didn't get the call. And then you just get up and you run around like nothing happened, which is incredibly dumb. I, It should be in hockey and basketball and soccer. If you flop, if you blatantly embellish, if you dive on the ground and fake an injury when you're not hurt, it's a penalty. In hockey, it's a penalty. In basketball, it should be a technical foul. In soccer, it should be a yellow card. I don't care what it is. You figure something out. It should be, there should be a punishment for flopping and faking. I hate that. I, I agree with you, but I have, a, I have a theory as to why in soccer it happens so much. I would love to hear it. And my theory, and I may be wrong, is in soccer, there's extra time. So extra time is usually it's they, they have a timekeeper who keeps track of all the wasted time so that to make sure that the game is played its full 90 minutes. So sometimes mm-hmm. extra time could be one minute. Sometimes, as I've seen, it's all the way up to 15 minutes of extra time of people just fucking lollygagging around and wasting time. Um, but my theory is they're so tired from running back and forth that if they get hit and they have they say they fall to the ground, they're going to stay there and like catch their breath for like five minutes. Because personally, I mean, I may be lazy, but if I'm playing soccer and somebody hits me and I fall, I'm, I'm going to chill there for a little bit. You know, catch my breath. I've been running, sprinting for fucking 45 minutes without stopping. So maybe that's it for me. And then that that's my only theory. But like, I don't know what other theory, because you don't get a reward for flopping in, in soccer. Because the call is usually the cause. Like VAR is usually for like if something's a penalty or if something went into into the goal and that got kicked out. Like for fouls, they usually don't do VARs unless it's in the box. Yeah, why don't they? I, I think you're 100% right. Like that makes a ton of sense. Why don't they just like implement a timeout and a penalty for flopping if you don't like flopping? Yep. Like I just, or, or maybe they don't care about flopping. Seems a like timeout is interesting. I never thought about that for soccer. Yeah, just take a timeout. If you need a rest, just take a little break. Take a rest. You don't have to fake like you broke your ankle. It's fine. Uh, rule number two, we're going to do this quick and then get to our last segment. In the NBA, if you win your coach's challenge, you still lose it. It's like, congratulations on getting it right, but you lose it. So that to me is dumb. Yep. If there's an obvious missed call in the second quarter of a basketball game, usually the coach won't use the challenge because it's like, all right, well, what if the refs screw it up at the end of the game? Like, I want my challenge then. So in the NHL, much better challenge rule. In the NHL, the coach can challenge as much as he wants. You challenge 15 times a game if you want. But if you get it wrong, it's a penalty. It's a minor penalty. It's a two-minute power play for the other team. If you get it wrong again, 
It's a double minor penalty, four minutes in the box. I love that rule. It's like, okay, if you get it right, you can do it again. But if you get it wrong, there's a serious consequence. So don't challenge unless you really know that it's going to get overturned. To me, that's a much better rule. I, I, I agree with you that I think if you win it, you should keep it because I, I feel like the game, the goal of the referees is to get the call right. And if challenges allow you to get the call right, if someone is successfully using their challenges and tactically using their challenges, they should continue to be rewarded because they're alleviating you, not alleviating, but they're helping you in your, in your duties of getting the call right. That's the goal. But I don't think there should be like a technical or something for someone challenging and getting it wrong. Cause then, like, you know, there's sometimes there's bang bang players who's like, let's just fucking do it to see if we get we get the favor. Like we, you know, like, there's this bang bang. It's like it can go either way. Let's just see if it goes it goes our way. I don't think you should get penalized for that. Like I, I I don't know. I feel like having a penalty for losing a challenge opens up a whole different can of worms that it, it it's gonna impact games and I don't I don't like what it it might lead to. I think the can of worms has been opened. If it's a bang bang play, don't fucking challenge it. Like, in like, did you see it and you think they got it wrong? Or did you just like, well, screw it. I got a challenge. I'm going to challenge it. Like, you're slowing down the game. We, we In every sport, we talk about don't slow down the game. Baseball, it's too slow. We got to speed it up. We, gotta, we need a pitch clock. Like, hockey has a penalty called delay of game. You can't flip the puck over the boards. It's delay of game. You can't challenge a call and get it wrong. It's a delay of game. We want to speed up the game. So just, it, it, it's like, if you want to speed up the game, just say, okay, if you slow down the game and you get it wrong. That's on you, pal. I love it. I don't like it, but for the opposite reason of Chris. Because I can't think of a punishment or a penalty that's enough. Like, like at, at the end, like, like in hockey, you lose a player for two minutes. That's a big deal. In basketball, if it's the second quarter and you challenge it and you get it wrong and the other team gets a free throw, like, Really, that one point, it might make a difference, but I don't know if that's going to deter enough coaches. So I don't know, like, where that line is. So I, I that's like a good point. I like in football how, like, like, like Chris, you were saying, like, if you, you, you know, you have two challenges or whatever. If you get it right, you get to keep it. I, I don't think you should lose a challenge for getting it right, but I don't know what kind of penalty would be, like, equal enough. Can I make a quick proposal? Yeah. If you are a head coach of an NBA basketball team and you challenge a call and you get it wrong, you get ejected. Nah, get out of here. You, you, That'd be great. You, then we'll see how many coaches are slowing down the game. You speak nonsense. Boom. Ejection. <laughs> this is why you'll never be a commissioner. Game. Probably not. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back for one last quick music segment. All right. Back to your final segment. Watch the game. It's three mini segments. We have our Spotify top 10 favorite slash least favorite. Then we have songs stuck in our heads. Then we have random songs that you should listen to because I was texting the boys over the week and I was like, I have a random song stuck in my head. Oh, I have a, I have a random song that I think we should listen to. And we're like, all right, we'll just put it on the pod. It'll be a new segment. It'll be great. Um, we're going to start with Spotify top 10. It is the weekly segment where we look at the Spotify USA top 50 songs. We look at the top 10 of that and we pick a favorite and a least favorite. Um, I couldn't pick a favorite this week. I don't think I don't like any. I, I've already talked about last night by Morgan Wall. I'm not going to talk about it again. I do have a least favorite, not to be a negative Nancy, but uh, Chemical or Chemicals by Post Malone. 
you can miss me with that. I all of the soul and the grit and like the pain and like the realness that Post Malone had on that first album uh, with like feeling Whitney and that type of Post Malone has been sucked out of him. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's too much Bud Light. I don't know if it's the record label. I don't know what. But all of that like uh, emotion that I used to feel with him is no longer there for me. It sounds like a like a Doja Cat pop song, which is fine. It's just not what I want from Post Malone. And I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. You want to know something interesting? Mm-hmm. This... I like that. I like that song significantly more than a lot of his other stuff. Really? Yeah. I. You like circles? I like circles. I hate the like. What I felt like was the peak of Post Malone, like rock star, and uh, what were the other big ones? Congratulations. I hate congratulations. Oh, I love congratulations. Psycho. I hate. What? Like I. I feel like it's because I. I, I don't know. I. May have had this conversation with you before, but Post Malone has a crazy good voice. I love his voice. All that stuff, I feel like, is so overproduced, in my opinion, that, like, I don't actually really get to hear his voice. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. too much auto-tune. Like, the videos of him live are awesome. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, uh, what's the song? Stay, yeah. I think, is one of, like one of the best songs of the last 10 years. Yeah, because it's just him and a guitar. And so I don't love ke- this chemicals, chemical, whatever, but I like it a lot more because it's a lot simpler than some of the other stuff. Yeah, we're in agreement, though. Put Post Malone in a guitar in an empty room yep. and leave him there for a week and you'll get something great. Yes. Agreed. Chris, you got a song? My least favorite song. I'm going to be boring. I'm sorry. But for the second week in a row, it is Mr. Morgan Wallen. Whatever. What's that song? Last, last night. Come on. Get get it out of the top ten. I'm worried with this segment is that this Morgan Wallen is gonna be there for fucking two months, and I'm gonna keep yeah. I'm gonna keep saying he's my least favorite. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yep. So should you I? You got a favorite, or we we all just just negative and hateful this? No, week? I got a favorite. So let's do oh, reverse. Okay. So my favorite is also the one that's stuck in my head. Okay. It's Ay La Sola de Peso Pluma. Mm. I don't know why. And this guy, I don't know, the guy got beef with Bad Bunny and I don't really like it. I also don't know why he got beef with Bad Bunny. I don't know what it is. But this song is stuck in my head. I don't know why. I can't stop singing it. It's in Spanish. So, like, if you want to listen to it, you can. But, yeah. All right, Henry, you got a you got a random song that people should listen to and or a song stuck in your head. Yeah, I got I, I got both. Um so song stuck in my head is a throwback and it's one of those songs where it's been stuck in my head for a while and I know it's because I heard it somewhere like on like it was in a store or something I can't remember where but it's a uh, it's set fire to the rain by Adele. That was Good stuck song. in my head for like 3 days over the weekend. And I don't know why great but song. it's a great song so I wasn't mad about it. Um and a random song I think people should listen to is I don't know how either you feel about Miley Cyrus, but she released an album like a month ago or whatever. There's a song in there, Jaded, that is so catchy. And she's another person who I love her voice when it's super raw. And her voice on this song is it's like, it's it's pop, but it's a little rock. And it's just so, I don't know. It's also been stuck in my head, but because I've been listening to it so much. 
Both great artists. Yep. Uh, Miley Cyrus. I like Miley Cyrus's voice, especially lately. Yeah. It's a little gravelly. Uh-huh. And she's got that. Uh, yeah, I like that. And obviously Adele's a classic. Yep. Um, song Stuck in My Head. Bad Idea by Corday. I cannot. It's it's pretty much out now, which is unfortunate because now it's going to be back in because I just said that. Um, but yeah, if you haven't listened to Bad Idea by Corday, it's it. it it's a good verse, but it's like a uh, like a good melody too, and his voice works. And Chance the Rapper's on it, and underrated Chance verse too. That's a, that's a good song, stuck in my head. Okay. Um, and that song was the song that I listened to, and I was like, man, Corday can sing too. Like he's got he he he's got that voice too. Um, random song you should listen to, and this one was brought up to me by Chris. Uh, I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago. And I'm not a massive Tyler the Creator fan. But Chris was saying we were doing our favorite and least uh-huh. favorite from the Spotify top ten last week, and Chris was saying I'm not really feeling the the Tyler the Creator songs. And at that point, I hadn't listened to it because I picked the wrong playlist. And sorry, not sorry, and Dogtooth, I both actually really liked. But my song you should listen to is Sorry Not Sorry by Tyler the Creator. I like the flow, I like the lyrics, I love the beat, I like that DJ dramas on there being like, let's just like hyping them up. Oh. I, I I didn't give I didn't give my song you should listen to. It's a song from FIFA 18 soundtrack. <laughs> I'm big on video games. I like FIFA. It's called Drown by Kovic. K-O-V-I-C. I've never heard of the guy. I ne- don't know anything about him, but this song, I listened to it in 2018 on the FIFA soundtrack, and now every every once in a while, it just like pops into my head, and I play it. I like it a lot. Y'all should listen to it. I, I, I got one question to ask both of you before we end about music because you're talking about rappers last week. I want out of 10, what's your feeling on the new Drake song on Search and Rescue? I, I kind of like it. I give it but I like it. Oh, oh I gave it like a six. It. Six. I give it like a six because I, I like Drake. This I like the Drake where he has like pockets of him just talking. And just like rapping, like similar to like I don't I don't want to compare, it, but like Five AM Toronto where he just sit straight for like a minute and a half straight just talking and rapping. I like that. I feel like Dang in this it. song he had like a segment of he was just like talking and just I really I like that type of Drake. I like that type of Drake. I love Five AM in, in Toronto. Like don't get me wrong, that's my type of Drake. That shit talking like just like giving it to you rap Drake. That's my Drake. That being said, I didn't like the song. I didn't even get all the way through it. Like, I can't even give you a good review because I, I listened to the first half of it. I was like, I'm not feeling this one. <laughs> it just seemed like a like that Drake, but like a lazy version of it. I was going to say, it felt lazy. It did feel lazy. It felt like rushed. Like, he could have he could have made it good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks to Henry Finch and Chris Robert. Thanks to everyone who's listening. Go check out that NBA Playoff X Factors article on milkisweird.com and we will see you back on this feed next week. Uh, I'm a sober soul. I take glory roads. With some dogs you violate me, they gon' send you home. They'll get you gone. Down the-